Welcome to Vinyl Press, a show about acquiring a deeper understanding and appreciation of music. My name is Nolan Armstrong, and I'm joined here by Ethan Kennedy. First and foremost, like any good podcast, we'll introduce ourselves. Tell me about yourself, Ethan. Well, I'm a, a bass player, and I really enjoy listening to vinyl records. I just recently bought myself a turntable, and I've been collecting records left and right, probably spending way too much money on them. <laughs> Can't disagree with you on that one. Yeah, like Ethan, I am an avid record listener as well. I'm currently in my Bachelor of Music at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario, uh, doing my major in opera performance. And I also like to play instruments such as guitar, piano, and of course, singing. So Ethan, tell me, what have you been listening to lately? Well, recently I've been listening to um, Iron Maiden, and Mac DeMarco, two very opposite sides of the uh, music spectrum, but they're uh, both excellent guitar. They both have excellent guitarists, so can you really uh, can you really complain? No, definitely can't complain. I've been listening to quite a lot of Talking Heads recently, specifically their 1980 album Remain in Light. I've definitely gained a new appreciation for Talking Heads as well. See, Josh really enjoys Talking Heads right now as well. Yeah. Huh. Well, guess it's making a comeback. Who knew? Yeah. Every time I go to the record shop, I check out the Talking Heads section, and yeah. I, there's never anything in there. <laughs> well, looks like uh, looks like we're all late to the party, at least. Yeah. <laughs> so, Ethan, tell us, for uh, today's record, what are we going to be listening to today? What are we going to be reviewing today? Today we're going to be listening to Demon Days by Gorillaz. Ah, perfect. Yes, the 2005 record. What else can you tell me about it? Well, the record label of uh, Demon Days is Parlophone in the UK and Virgin Records in the US. And there's also a few notable guest artists like De La Soul, uh, Roots Maneuva, MF Doom, and Sean Ryder. Mm, yeah, it's quite the uh, extensive guest list. And to kind of place a genre on this album is a little bit tricky because it uses some elements of, you know, alternative rock, punk, pop, a little bit of post-punk elements, as well as some trip-hop and more dancing, you know, related genres as well. So can't definitely put any labels on this album in terms of genre. <laughs> so have we ever so listened to this album before? Yes, I have. First time I listened to this album was back in 2013 when um, when my parents, you know, were just listening to radio and this song came on and I really liked the album art. So I wanted to listen more of the song and uh, the song that they were playing was, of course, Feel Good Inc. And then I listened to the rest of the album and I really enjoyed it. And I sort of revisited a lot of Gorillaz material back in 2017, 2018. And I've been a huge fan ever since. What about you, Ethan? Uh, the first time I ever listened to them, um, I never actually listened to Feel Good Inc. on the radio. It was sort of like an afterthought, but the first time I ever heard Gorillaz, or even this album, was... I believe I was talking to Nolan at the time, and I was on my Spotify Discover Weekly, and um, a song called Dirty Harry came on, and after I was like, this is Gorillaz? I heard Nolan talk about Gorillaz before at the time, but... I just never really knew what they were or who they were, I guess, at the time. And, um, yeah, ever since I listened to Dirty Harry, I was, uh, I was hooked. Yeah, well, glad you're here to join us now to talk about, the, uh, talk about this album. So we're going to kind of, how the process of the show is going to go, we're going to kind of give our general opinions of the album, kind of talk about, you know, just kind of the general aspects. Then we're going to go through each song, kind of talk about what we liked, what we didn't like from each song. Then we're going to talk in a more grander aspect, what we liked and what we didn't like from the album. We're then going to give some notable lyrics, you know, lyrics that made us think or lyrics that just seemed a little bit goofy, a little bit funny to us before then transitioning into what we think our top three best songs from this album is and perhaps the song that left most to be desired before then wrapping up for the day. So, uh, to kick us off, what are your general thoughts about the album, Ethan? Well, I really enjoy the album, so I guess the best place to actually start off with the album is the intro itself. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So, personally, I think the intro's kind of lame. But, for some reason, I get, like, a slight, like, Scooby-Doo vibe from it. Like, I don't know why. It's just... That that sort of resonates with me. Yeah, I am... Uh, I'm also in agreement with you that the intro is a little underwhelming, considering how grandiose and, like, crazy the rest of the album is. And I feel like... Um, Plastic Beach did the intro much better because their intro was uh, a sort of instrumental that led into Welcome of the Wo- Welcome to the World of the Plastic Beach, whereas this one is quite separate from the second song of the record, Last Living Souls. They're not really connected as well as they do in Plastic Beach. So I think that idea was much better done on the on their third record. Okay, okay. So I gotta ask though. Um, wasn't Snoop Dogg on, uh, on Welcome to the World of the Plastic Beach? Yeah, he was the first, uh, feature on that, on that album. Okay, okay. So I guess let's kick things off and go into the first actual song instead of just the intro. Mm -hmm. Um, Last Living Souls. Nolan, what do you think about it? So this is actually one of my favorites from the album. I love the kind of you know groove that's played at the beginning the percussion groove that's played at the beginning i like how kind of damon albarn makes it seem really dreary kind of gives us this emptiness that we feel like we're alone with him like we are the last living souls in this album before the instrumentation kind of builds and we get this really great synth before transitioning into this piano part with these strings and then before getting back into the synth and i think all of it just kind of melds really together and gives us like a pretty good exposition to the entire album see i don't know i'm a i'm a bit in disagreement with you it's personally like i'm not a big fan of the song but it's not the worst song off the album but honestly i just find it very repetitive yeah i i really like the repetitive nature of this song i feel like it really just nails in uh the ideas of loneliness that it's trying to convey i see i see yeah uh, so on the subject uh moving on to our next song kids with guns what do you have to say about that ethan so it's good i like the fact that uh damon gets a little political in this one yes and the whole reason behind it though is because i remember you once told me the story where a kid pulled a gun out at a uh, damon albarn's daughter's school but i read mm-hmm. up on the story after the fact and turns out the kid just pulled out a knife so he could show it to his friends. But, like, I get, I get the whole message behind the song mm-hmm. about, like, you know, gun safety and, like, all of that. But I just, I, for some reason, that story sticks out in my head. Yeah, like, even though the kid had seemingly what we think to have, like, completely innocent, you know, intentions with the knife. Just wanted to show this, you know, cool, you know, seemingly, like, toy to his friends like that was enough to scare damon albar enough to like think of the worst possible you know what could have happened what was the worst that could have happened on that day what if the what if this child had brought a gun to my daughter's school what if my daughter had been affected by it and i feel like this song kind of delves into like what's the worst that can happen and it's kind of describing how easily children can be like influenced and how like children are subjective to violence and how children are you know, prone to kind of take after those who kind of, uh, who they look up to, and it can always be taken in such a negative light. Mm-hmm. And I also really like the comparisons of the song between, like, stuff that's related to childhood, so, like, just using vitamins to describe drugs, using pacifiers to describe alcohol, using oh. street desire to, re- like, represent the need to be cool, the need to be liked, See, I never actually realized that. I was, uh, every time that I actually listened to this song, I was just like, I don't know, for some reason it never processed to me that, like, that's what he was, like, singing about, of, like, how, like, the sort of, like, hidden meaning behind, like, all of those, like, childhood, like, activities Mm -hmm. were related to, um, you know, like, like you said, like, drinking alcohol, doing drugs, and so on and so forth 
I think that's like a great thing about this album is that this like these lyrics are a little bit like labyrinthine in a sense where you can always kind of dig a little bit deeper, but they still make quite a bit of sense at face value as you see, as you said, because you didn't quite, you know, understand it to the way I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think about like the instrumentation of this song, the music itself? Oh, I love it. Mm hmm. I think it's quite groovy. I really love the bass part and how it's repeated throughout the entire song pretty consistently and how all the other instruments kind of like kind of move and groove around it. It's really fun. Yeah, it's it's really good. Mm-hmm. I, I personally really enjoy this song. Yeah, it's definitely on the uh, higher end of my list for sure. So I guess uh, now's a good point to move on to the next song. Oh, Green World. Oh, Green World. Yeah, this is also another good one from the album. I think this song is quite goofy. Uh, I think it's like the sounds of the, you know, the kind of the distorted sounds, voices that are screaming that kind of sound like a crow yelling are really fun. And I think the guitar riff is really fun, too. And I think 2D's vocalizations, although they're like a little bit much and a little bit forced, I still think that they fit pretty well. What about you, Ethan? Well, in my notes, all I really have is, like, it's got a nice beat to it, and, like, I really do, like, I really did enjoy the beat. It's Mm -hmm. just, um, yeah, like, there's another part of the song that I'll go over to later in another segment that we have, Mm -hmm. but, uh, but, yeah. Yeah, I think this song's a nice groove. It's one of, like, the more punk focus, more of the more alternative rock, like, the guitar plays a much more dominant part than the synths so i really like this song for that because it kind of gives us more of a a staple point in our genre Mm -hmm. yeah moving on to our next song (laughs) this is dirty harry featuring uh booty brown also the children's choir that appears there i am in love with this song was one of my favorites when i first started listening to the two gorillas and uh Still one of my favorites till this day. So what do you think of it, Ethan? Well, like I said in, before, uh, Dirty Harry was the first Gorilla song that I've ever heard. So it's got a, definitely a special place in my heart. And it's got a really catchy, uplifting beat. And uh, the child choir is just, like, amazing. Mm-hmm. There's I can't uh, knock anything about this song. It's just uh, all around a good time. Yeah, this song has like a super cool synth part. I really love 2D's melody and it's sung like really nice and mellow, even if it's like in the higher range of Damon Albarn's voice. And when the children's choir comes in, it adds like a really, really nice texture to it as well. And like the breakdown when the, you know, kind of like the, I don't like saying this word, but the quote unquote like bass drop of this song when the beat drops a little uh and the instrumentation comes in a little more it also is really fun and groovy and i think booty brown's really like lyrical rap just kind of like indicative of like zach de la rocha um it's kind of you know kind of like a rage against the machine type you know where it's like Mm. more lyrical more in your face type rapping i think it just works really well with this song considering it's talking about political turmoil in like the middle eastern regions of the world so moving on to our next song, probably the most uh, popular, probably the most critically acclaimed Gorilla song of any album is uh, Feel Good Inc. featuring none other than De La Soul. What do you have to say about this, Ethan, that hasn't already been said? Um, definitely their most popular song, but I don't really buy into the hype. It's good, but it isn't their best work. Uh, in my opinion, I love Damon Albarn's parts, but the rap portion, like to me, are mm-hmm. just kind of cringe. Oh. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> Bringing out the C word a little early, are we? <laughs> <laughs> just a little, eh? Um, but yeah, the reason why I say that is because it was 2005. Rapping isn't like how it was rapping today, right? So it's. It feels almost dated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can kind of agree with that. The the rapping style of De La Soul is very, like, indicative of the early 2000s. That like, is true. lining them up like ass cracks. Ladies, ponies <laughs> at the track. 
It's my chocolate attack. Like, what? what is that? <laughs> yeah, the, definitely lyrics that make you uh, think twice and definitely bat an eye at them. But I think that this song, like, I think the chorus of this song shines especially bright with, like, the really nice strummed guitar. And, and I think Damon Albarn's vocals might be the best on this album of like ever they're super clean super nice and he's like really really driving in that melody as for the verse i think it's really calming you know kind of way it's like a kind of almost like an open spoken word type verse too which is really nice i find i feel like there's something that's like unsaid about this song that i really feel like should be appreciated more Mm -hmm. it's the actual mixing of it like, I believe okay. that the mixing is so well done on this song that, like, it just sort of outclasses all the other songs. Yeah. Do you want to do you want to kind of be a little more specific, specific, if you can? What, what specifically? I'm very curious to hear your point. Well, here's the thing is like the baseline for it. It's like at its like perfect like volume. Like I, it's not like overpowering and it's not like so low that you can't hear it. It's well pronounced mm-hmm. throughout the entire song, and, and yeah, it just makes for a great, like the mixing is just so well done that it's just great. Yeah, and like, I don't know why this is, but like the, the the like the chanted like feel good is like so iconic in a sense, and it's just you know, it's kind of just sung so like I want to say lazily, but kind of so nonchalantly and like just kind of fun and yeah it's kind of like really resonates throughout the song and mm-hmm. adds to like the groove and the percussion which i really like as well super well that being said let's move on to the next song the seventh track on our record el manana written in spanish of course meaning till morning or the morning rather see i never knew it was like manana i always thought it was manana <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> not too worldly apparently. <laughs> that's what the uh, so the little squiggly line over the end is. It gives it a little nya. Yeah, I su- I suppose so. I just never really like realized it. <laughs> like I I never mm-hmm. realized that it should be like actually said in a different language. Or like yeah. with like the little accent like over the end. <laughs> well, you learn something new every day. See, this is the beauty of music. You get to learn about everything. Who needs school? <laughs> so musically, the song is beautiful. I love it. The lyrics are very abstract. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know. I just really enjoy this song. Yeah, I really, really like the guitar of the song. The kind of the, um, I want to say syncop and like kind of this more syncopated rhythms of the percussion section. Mm-hmm. I think it works really well with the guitar. And then the harmonies on the chorus, I really, really love. I feel like uh, Damon Albarn as 2D kind of blends really well with himself um, on the chorus. Lyrics kind of are a little bit, you know, abstract as, yeah, as Ethan was mentioning and kind of, leave kind of a little bit to be desired in my opinion um and also i think the song is a little bit kind of muddy considering how beautiful the song is like the guitar is quite on the lower end of sounds it sounds a little bit muddy as well as the vocals as well mm-hmm. so that is the one issue i do have with the song and some of the other aspects of the album okay okay i definitely get where you're coming from mm-hmm Alright, perfect time now to talk about our eighth track. Every planet we reach is dead. What do you think, Ethan? Damon's got such a smooth flow in this song. And it's got such a good and punchy bass line. Yeah. I I agree. It's yeah, I think the melody is really, really cool and kind of just carries you through this like really like accented like staccato rhythm of this like of this piano slash organ. And I like how it's like how kind of repetitive the one note is like dun 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 that we hear throughout the entire piece. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I tried looking up how to play the bass line for this, and like, I must admit, there's no way I'll be able to play that. But like, it's 
I don't know. It just adds so much character to the song, you know? Mm-hmm. The bass, yeah, it does quite... It does have a lot of movement. A surprising amount. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah, another thing about this planet is kind of like uh, the environmental message that, you know, about, like, using our planet and how, you know, every planet that we might reach is dead, so the one that we have right now is alive. It might be pretty important to keep that one alive, you know? <laughs> yeah. I don't know, that sort of ties into, like, the whole story of Plastic Beach, though, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely, like, I think that maybe this song, around, like, as well as, like, Oh Green World is kind of, like, a kind of, a, like, a a precursor to, like, the bigger themes of environmentalism on Plastic Beach. You're mm-hmm. definitely correct. Super. All right, so next we'll talk about November Has Come. I remember the yeah. subreddit uh, just, like, about, like, a month and a half ago uh, mm-hmm. for, like, the Gorilla subreddit. They were, like, every, like, every November 1st, they always post, November has come. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. I like that. This song, this song instrumentally doesn't really necessarily stand out to me because I think that the the lyrics are especially, like, poignant having mf doom like one of the best lyrical rappers of all time feature on a song about you know november being kind of the november december being the months where the most suicides happen so it's kind of like a a more i'd say more like deeper kind of riskier theme a little bit more taboo theme and i think that mf doom is like a person who can really tackle those ideas a little bit more tastefully than others might mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the only thing that i have to say about this though is that like s- some of the rapping by mf doom and again i don't want to use the c word but it's a little cringe but like mf doom's got that like that going for him though like he uh like i don't know how to describe it but just the way like he he writes his lyrics it just sort of fits his style. And yeah. in my notes here, I just have a, can you dig it like a spigot? Yeah. They're like, I feel like MF doom has what seemed to be a lot of non sequiturs in his, in his rapping. But I feel like it's just something that we may not understand because I feel like you can always dig deeper into the, um, to kind of the meanings of what he's saying in relation to the other words that he's previously said there's always mm-hmm. more digging you can do i also think the flow of this uh of this um uh this track in particular especially mf doom's verse is quite interesting if our audience has never watched it before i'd recommend taking a look at the breakdown that uh that this oh this one youtube channel has done it's uh they break down flows of rappers and sort of the lyrics and they use different like highlights and notes and scribbles all over the lyrics to really point it out and uh this one is definitely one worth watching as you can see all the little rhyming schemes as well as kind of the different pairing of verses throughout the rapping that really really make things stand out wait are you talking about the guy who's like who like writes it out on sheet music uh no it's like they it's a scrolling it's just scrolling text and then they'll highlight the words that rhyme and then they'll have like it's very much like a color coded association type graph to represent kind of like syllables like and like yeah and like endings of phrases to rhymes it's really uh quite neat okay okay cool so next i i think we should move on to the next song um all alone what do you Mm -hmm. think of it nolan i think this song is one of the more unique on the album that being said, it does kind of, it is kind of on my lower end if I had to rate every song from this. It's, uh, I really like the Jamaican rap done on this song by uh, Roots Manuva, um, English rapper, kind of sings in the Jamaican uh, style. I also like the samples that are kind of like pitched up and pitched down, you know, the voices saying all alone, all alone to kind of give an extra kind of agency to the to the rhythms of the thing. I also do like the sort of like almost uh, ringtone-like opening sound. 
Yeah, that, yeah, uh, I get, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. <laughs> what do you think of this song? Um, well, I don't know. To me, like this and November has come, like are very similar. It's got like a really nice beat to it, and I really enjoy Damon's parts. But I feel like, I don't know, it just sort of like lacks in something. I'm not too sure what that something is, but I feel like it lacks in something. I find this song, yeah, it's a song that just doesn't have enough uh, going for it, especially for a three-minute song or three-and-a-half-minute song, rather. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, I feel like it needs a little more ideas in there. But I do think that the 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 feature was okay, and uh, and they did a pretty good job. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's definitely, like, I don't know, I'd say All Alone's, like, in my top five. Hmm. But not my top three. So, like, it floats yeah. around, like, five to four. All right. Moving on to our next song. Oh, God. It's Dare, as uh, Sean Ryder so elegantly puts. Actually, the uh, the next song is supposed to be White Light. Oh, my God. How embarrassing. <laughs> White Light is next. Well, speaking of which, I think it's better that we skip that song because... It's almost, uh, based on everyone I've talked to, it's pretty much in agreement that this song is probably the worst song on the entire album. Okay, yeah. I can agree there. It's got a very, like, aggressive intro, and then it leads to, like, this beautiful little section in the middle where, like, I can't describe it, but it's it's quite nice. Mm-hmm. And then it leads on to more aggression, and I don't know, I'm not a big fan of, like, super aggressive music. Yeah, apparently this is supposed to talk about alcohol poisoning but i just don't really see more of the connections that the other songs make to like more darker themes and yeah this song not only is it repetitive not only is it kind of like i don't like very it's really piercing to the ears because the person's like whispering and you're getting the high ends of their like whispered voice in your ear which is kind of a little bit more difficult to listen to you know we don't like that and yeah, and the middle section, middle section is uh is quite lovely where you have like the kind of like string instruments that are kind of like spaced out and really reverbed. It kind of adds a nice little break, but it's not enough to kind of save the song from what it is. <laughs> so that's the main issue I have for sure. Yeah, so I guess next um, we can talk about the one and only, the It's Dare. Sean Ryder. My man, Sean Ryder. So, I got a little story to tell you guys. Um, there was this time where um, Sean Ryder was performing live with Gorillas, And right before the show, I, I don't know who told him to do this or if they forced it on him or not. But he got really drunk before the actual performance. And then he went out on stage, drunk as shit, and then ended up uh, singing Dare. And yeah, all I gotta say is look at the live performance. <laughs> it's a thing of beauty. It, yeah, if uh, literally right, Dare live, and it's uh, it's the first one you'll see for sure because it's people view it, and it's definitely uh, an experience for sure. Apparently, like it's like a British practical joke to get someone like drunk before a big performance apparently like it was a jamie and like damon's like idea to do it okay okay apparently it was all in good fun but like if you look at uh the singer who was like playing noodle at the time not the one who on the record but the one who was uh performing her singing for noodle yeah on the live record she looks just so uncomfortable having to sing you know trying to sing this dance tune like this melodic dance tune while sean Ryder is just sweaty as fuck in his hoodie with the sunglasses just screaming all over the place out of time out of sync just kind of flailing his body it's amazing <laughs> but yeah as for the actual song itself it's enjoyable it's very upbeat it's uh it's just like a good like dance song yeah i I kind of have a little gripe with this song. Really? The song has a really good dance. Like, I think the, like, the instrumentation of the song, really, really good. I love the synths. I love the percussion. But 2D's vocals, like, behind, 
Noodles vocals just really drive me insane because we have Noodles vocals which are really really nice and then Tootie's vocals comes in and they're like higher pitched and they're really forced and it's like not even a nice falsetto it's like a really screechy kind of awful you know attempt at trying to re like uh, trying to do what Noodle is doing and there's a version of the song where it's just Noodle singing no Sean Ryder and no 2D and I think it's mm-hmm. my favorite version of this song. Really? You got to send yeah. me the link to that later because I'm actually very interested. Yeah, it's quite interesting. I think Sean Ryder is kind of like acting as this like omnipresent like God in this song where he like, you know, he's kind of like never did no harm. Like as if we, he's the voice in our head kind of mm-hmm. saying, you know, do it, you know, you know kind of give in to this. To this feeling which i really like yeah it's uh, definitely really cool so next song would be fire coming out of a monkey's head now some people some people say this isn't really much of a song it's more of like a story with music in the background but i don't know i, I definitely consider it a song yeah i i do as well i think it's uh it's a great like kind of more poetic song and uh i think that the lyrics are perhaps the most like although it's a story there's so much deeper to it it's uh it's not referencing like anything in particular as far as my i'm aware of but it's just kind of uh it's very eerie this song it makes me it gives me the creeps you know well see i think the song's more or less about like greed just from like yeah. just from uh just from like hearing it a few times it definitely gives off like those those vibes cuz it's about like these shadowy figures that enter a town and then go to their god i guess you could say and steal all their uh steal all their fortune from them and then mm-hmm. And then later that god, you know, retaliates against them, right? So. Yeah, I guess it could kind of be seen like kind of like as a, like the story that's been told a million times about like the, you know, kind of like the white people or the rich people taking like land from whether like it be an indigenous or like any sort of like minority population and using it for profits. And I think that this song kind of echoes that very well by using like this fictional world where like we have the spirit of the monkey in this cave and these people, these happy folk, these shadowy, creepy figures. I think it's just really cool at painting us this like whole picture. Definitely an interesting story. And honestly, I would say if you were to give like one song on this album a listen, I would suggest this one. I think this song, yeah, is very unique and has like quite a lot. It makes you really think as well. And I think the instrumentation is really kind of uh, kind of flows really well. And the narrator uh, needs to be given like props for like the way it's spoken. I think that the wording is paced really well for telling a story. It matches really well with kind of the flow of the song as well. Kind of the rhythm and the, mm-hmm. the pulse as well. Yeah. Anything else you got to say about this song, Ethan? Uh, apart from give it a listen, honestly, not really. All right. Then let's move on to the second last track, Don't Get Lost in Heaven, one of the shorter songs on the album. What do you think of it, Ethan? Well, here's the thing. Whenever I originally wrote out all my notes, I couldn't write a single thing for for Don't Get Lost in Heaven and Demon Days. Like, I don't know, there was just something about them. Like, I think that they're just a way to wrap up the album and they do it so beautifully that I just, I can't really describe them in words. Yeah, I think that this song, these songs, especially the last two, especially Don't Get Lost in Heaven is like kind of a, I'd say like a nice breath of fresh air after kind of the dreadful, depressing song that is Fire Coming Out of the Monkey's Head. Kind of gives us like, all like I want to say like, I'm kind Hope of almost. Yeah, it kind of gives us a little bit of hope. It kind of feels like, you know, the struggle is over. We're like at the end, like this is the glorious kind of ending. 
kind of almost heavenly, not to use words from the song title, but it is almost like a little bit heavenly. We have these nice kind of Nigerian-inspired chanted vocals. You know, like, don't get lost. Yeah, that kind of transition into this bigger idea, which we'll talk to when we get to Demon Days itself. But I, I think I really like this song, kind of how it ties from fire coming out of the monkey's head into Demon Days. Mm-hmm. And so for you, Demon Days, what what do you have to say about it? I think it's a great way to kind of tie in this song. And once we talk about, you know, what we liked about the album, I'll go into like the more of the major themes of the album. But this song kind of tells us that like, that we all have the days where we kind of give in to our demons. And it's okay, because, you know, there'll be a next day where we can mm-hmm. try again. And we can always look up towards the sun to kind of, you know, kind of seek a deeper meaning to our lives. And I think it's really beautiful. I really love the kind of the, uh, oh, I love absolutely love the harmony of the strings. I love the movement throughout the voices of the strings before the other instruments comes in. I think it's just really beautiful. Gives me chills. And I think the song, although it, you know, lasts quite a long time with this, uh, you know, having the vocals the chanted vocals repeat over and over and over again i still think that it's quite a good song and one of the definitely highlights of the album for sure and a great great ending to this fantastic album i think that's very well said Mm -hmm. and that ladies and gentlemen wraps up the uh song rundown yeah so now we're just going to kind of go over and say in a more kind of general broad spectrum kind of what we loved about the album. So this can be, you know, kind of materialistic things or more specific to the music itself. So I'll get you to start, Ethan. What were your big things that you loved about the album? Well, I love the way the uh, the songs are ordered. Like, I think the way that they're placed in the actual album from start to finish is done really well. I have to 100% agree with that. I feel like there are, even the songs that I don't like as much, I feel like they're placed pretty well in the album. And the songs that I do like are, yeah, I think that the sequencing is quite fantastic. And 15 songs is a is a great number for an album. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The thing that I had a problem with, though, with, um, with uh, their fifth album, I believe it was... Uh, what was it in humans there was just too many songs i agree and like i just don't know really what damon was thinking at the time because like he could have gotten away with like half the songs and still made an excellent album you know what that yes i 100 percent agree with you on that i think that yeah i think that humans was just trying to tackle too many ideas and then just kind of fell on its face like mm. this was during the whole we got to remember like if we place this that album back in time it was during the whole trump election too so like oh yeah yeah damon right. was remember yeah and then they ended up censoring all trump and obama references so that was quite weird as well and i think yeah i think that album could have been reduced into a 12 12 to 14 song album and it would have been much better i agree than 100 percent. so what did you love about the album nolan what i love about the album uh are a lot of the things you said like great individual songs the flow is really good um i think the production of the music is really fantastic and i think it's like this album was really ahead of its time in terms of experimentation trying Mm. to go with so many different genres in this album and kind of nailing each one and i'm saying nailing each one meaning that they you know it was the best of each genre but kind of nailing it in the sense where they stayed true to themselves still while kind of branching out and uh talking and and, uh you know creating music that was like of a different genre and they like those songs whether no matter what genre it is, it's still a gorilla song. And it really stays true to itself. Okay. Yeah, I think you make a really good point there. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, this might be like a little bit more shallow, but a great another thing I really love about this album is the album art. Oh, yes, yes. Believe it or not, 
uh, back in high school, I um, I made a painting with a few of my friends, and I think Nolan even helped out on the uh, on the painting itself. But it's just this uh, giant sheet of plywood that has uh, all four characters. So it was the um, it was the cover for uh, for Demon Days. But except with the colors of humans, because that was the album being released at the time, so we were all hyped up about that. <laughs> How disappointed we were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really love the album art. I like it takes like the classic like four panel, you know, detailing each member of the band, which like it's been done to death. But I feel like it was like oh, kind of like a not like a satire, but it's like oh, our characters are like virtual like we're a virtual band you know and like mm-hmm. it kind of use that concept and i think that like each character facing you know the one way and kind of like and just kind of like little details about their the way they're drawn are like really cool like how 2d has like the hickey on his neck and a cigarette how like murdoch's looking like backwards how russell how russell's kind of like frowning like like kind of looking mean kind of like he's mad at something how 2d is a little bit more nonchalant i think that it's really cool too and i also really like the kind of like black and then the white in the character portraits as well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah so and so what oh, Go ahead. sorry uh, if you have something else to say add it on i was just about to move on to the next segment yeah just one more thing is the, the album concept like the kind of a big thing that i really give credit to uh damon albarn for doing in uh albums gorillas albums such as like plastic beach and demon days and even blur albums such as like park life and 13 is like sticking to a theme or an idea and really kind of you know really trying to do what they can with it and the theme of like having demons trying to conquer our demons but like having at the end knowing that it's going to be okay to give in to these demons because we're human and there's always like a next day to look forward to. I think it's just like a really, really good theme and a kind of a great story as well that has like a beginning, climax, and end. Yeah, definitely. So I guess uh, now we can move on to our, um, our, I believe this is our second to last. No, oh, whatever. Uh, we're going to go on to what we didn't like about the album. Yeah, so let's uh, let's kick it off, Ethan. What didn't you like about the album? White light. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Just those two words, white light. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Um, there's not much to say negative about the like neg like. There's not much to really say about this album in a negative way. You know, it's just it is what it is, and honestly, probably one of close to a perfect album. If I i do say so myself yeah i can't disagree with you there yeah i also wrote white light is a huge downer for me i also don't like the intro i think that we could do without the intro and just start with last living souls i don't think that uh the intro like the intro is almost trying to world build like build this world around us that's like all like you know you hear police sirens and like animal noises and like weird like voices but it's like we don't need to build this world because that's not the theme like plastic beach we're trying to build the world because it was the world of the plastic beach mm-hmm. you know and and it just wasn't necessary I, I i think it's just a bad intro the bass clarinet really just does not do it for me <laughs> what i feel like could have also um changed though is that i feel like they could have added like an interlude or something yeah, because maybe. They, they do have the intro, but, like, there's nothing until, like, the very end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> White light interlude? Huh? Huh? <laughs> Please, no. All right. Well, let's <laughs> move on uh, to our next segment. We labeled it kind of, like, notable slash funny slash, you know, little sus lyrics. Uh, just kind of lyrics that make us think, you know, make us laugh, make us ponder in any way. So I'll uh, start. Well, a lyric that definitely made me laugh was the following. And I, uh, and I quote, She wore a filled-in thong, a billabong, and said, Nah, Farilla, the villain on a Gorilla John. 
<laughs> what she filled in her thong with, I have no idea. Uh, was it a billabong hat? Was it a billabong sweater that she put we in her no thong? Idea. I don't know. What is a Gorilla John? And <laughs> why is there a villain on it? We have no only... idea. We have no idea. <laughs> and why did the girl say nah forilla to this villain on a gorilla john that i do not know for me one of the notable lyrics is what i've already like said before was mm-hmm. can you dig it like a spigot i don't know i just oh. thought that was really funny like that was whenever i was listening to the song it's like all i could hear like I sort of like zoned out, and whenever I like zoned back in, <laughs> I just heard that, and I thought it was really funny. Or at least just spoke to you this, uh, him digging it, digging a spigot. <laughs> like how can you dig it like a spigot? Like isn't a spigot like a faucet? Yep. So I'm guessing not very well. So why didn't he say, can you dig it like a faucet? Because it didn't rhyme. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, I'm not MF Doom. I don't understand. I'm not a super talented rapper. I am just me. Another uh, lyrics that I really like that I also mentioned before was from Kids With Guns. This one I really liked. It's a Drinking Out, Pacifier, Vitamin Souls, The Street Desire. And meanwhile... We have the backup vocals going, push it real, push it, push it real. And mm-hmm. what I really like about this is like, it's saying drinking out of a pacifier, you know, kind of characterizing pacifier, which is commonly associated with a child, uh, you know, kind of giving it kind of the alcohol connotation, vitamin souls, giving the context of drugs, the street desire, kind of the need to be cool, the need to be quote unquote gangster. And we have these voices in the background saying, push it, push it real, as if like they're forcing us. It's like they're pushing us off this cliff, like they're we're pushing, this, pushing us into this idea, like almost like it's a peer pressure of some sort, which I just think mm. is quite fantastic in sort of relation to the theme of the song. It's definitely done very well. That's mm-hmm. the whole song. Um, of course, we already went through that in... Uh, Whenever we originally talked about it, but I must say that uh, that song is just done so well. Mm-hmm. I agree. Any other lyrics that you have to talk about, or shall we move on to our top three and bottom one? I think we should move on to the top three and bottom one. All right. So uh, I'll let you list out your top three first, Ethan, and feel free to talk about why. You uh, listed it in third, second, and first, and uh, what your bottom one was as well. So my first one would definitely be Fire Coming Out of a Monkey's Head. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like I said before, um, very interesting story, definitely worth a listen, and probably the most unique song on this album. Uh, Next would probably be El Manana. See, I think I said it right. I think I did. El Manana. El Manana. There you go. Uh, it's it's just beautiful. Um, it's very abstract, though. So do keep that in mind if you do give it a listen. And, yeah, like, I don't know. I just very enjoyed it. Very, well, very much enjoyed it. Um, and third one would probably have to be Dare. I don't know. Something about Sean Ryder's voice <laughs> just, uh, just resonates mm. with me. I can agree. We all just want to be a drunken mess sometimes, don't we? <laughs> uh, so what about Super. you, Nolan? What are, what are your uh, top three? And Oh, wait, I guess I didn't give my worst song yet. Uh, worst song, White Light, obviously. Yeah, um, big surprise there. <laughs> very big surprise. So, uh, Nolan, what are your uh, top three and bottom one? So in third place, I have Kids With Guns. Uh, due to kind of its super nice thematic material. I really like the groove of the bass, kind of the darker meaning behind the song, and kind of the abstract lyrics. I think that it all fits together very well. Uh, My second favorite song is Last Living Souls. I love this as an opener to the album, if I don't count the intro. I think it paints the picture of feeling alone accidentally 
I love the melody that comes in on the second half of the song. I love the kind of synths. I love the strings of it. And I really love the kind of beginning percussion groove at the at the start of the song. My uh, For my first song, my favorite song, I have Dirty Harry. I think that the song is absolutely flawless in terms of kind of pacing. We have 2D super nice vocal melodies. We have the super beautiful, youthful, fun children's chorus coming in. We I love the themes of political turmoil in the US that are almost like are better even further emphasized by Booty Brown's um you know feature on the album on the on the sorry on the song rather and I think it ends really well too. And yeah, I think it's just so groovy and fun to listen to as well. My uh Least favorite song, unsurprisingly as well, is also White Light. It uh, <laughs> just leaves a lot to be desired. And, you know, maybe they need to release a patch of this album without this song. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens. All right. So I think that's uh, a pretty good wrapping up point. So now I guess we'll give our closing statements. Mm-hmm. Um, if you If you like any of the genres that we had listed at the beginning... Um, I would highly suggest giving this uh, album a listen, even if you've never listened to it before. Um, All-around great album, and I would honestly recommend it to to anybody. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'll go next. My closing statements is uh, I would recommend this album for anyone who's looking for you know any sort of change of pace, who isn't afraid of anything experimental, anything that's slightly untraditional about music. I wouldn't go into this album expecting a vocal, you know, pop album or anything of the sort. It's all about rather the experience and the production and the pacing of the album that really makes it what it is. And it kind of the uh, the album is much more than the sum of its parts, which I can say with confidence. Hmm. So would you well, recommend this album? I definitely would. All right, perfect. So I guess uh now is the point where we uh, leave everybody to uh, maybe go take this, take some time and give this album a listen. Uh, you can listen to it through Spotify or on vinyl. Like Nolan did, I listened to it through Spotify because he's the one who actually owns the record. So. Yeah, and uh, make sure to tune in and check us out later. We're going to be trying to review albums or, re- or albums we have on vinyl or we're going to be inviting a guest to bring on their favorite album to which we will review it with them because we love to have people talk about their passion of music, especially about their favorite records and artists. So make sure to stay tuned for that. So just to give you guys a little taste of what's coming up next week, um, we're going to be releasing Songs from the Big Chair by Tears for Fears. I am super excited. I haven't listened to that album to completion in quite a while so i'm really excited to get back into it all right and i think that's a pretty good wrapping up point all right we'll leave it there thanks for joining me ethan have a good night of course you as well nolan goodbye bye everyone